0: This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh. This is our new time slot here. This is our first time. My first time saying the words Joe and Amber, our new show name on air. We will be with you every weekday in this time slot, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern.
1: It is an absolute pleasure to be working with you, Amber Wilson. An absolute pleasure. How nervous were you trying to get through those opening two sentences?
0: Uh, I was a little nervous. I didn't. I, I almost went with Amber and Joe, but then the imaging <laughs> went with Joe and Amber. So I'm like, all right, fine, I guess. I guess I'm giving up my campaign here uh, to make it Amber and Joe. It is Joe and Amber. This is the name of the show. And again, Monday through Friday, we will certainly be here with you. Be a part of Joe and Amber nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Call us triple eight, say ESPN. That's eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. ESPN nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold, Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. And normally we will be inviting you to, to join the conversation. And, Normally, of course, we will be having a lot of fun on this show as well, but a very sad night in the NFL last night. Last night's game gave us one of the scariest, uh, most terrifying moments that probably any of us have ever witnessed in the world of sports. Certainly one of the scariest in NFL history when DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field after making a tackle on T. Higgins during the first quarter of that Bills-Bengals game. And we got a A uh, statement from the Bills uh, just before 2 a.m. Eastern, where they let us know that DeMar Hamlin had gone into cardiac arrest following that hit. His heartbeat was restored on the field. He was transferred to UC Medical Center. That was our first real update, official update on his condition we're of course still waiting on word on his condition moving forward we did get several other statements though today as the day has gone on joe the hamlin family issued a statement just thanking everybody for their prayers and their thoughts thanking the medical community they are thanking uh, the bills uh, and the nfl as well the bills issued their own statement, uh, also echoing again what happened there uh, with DeMar Hamlin and saying that they will keep us updated on his condition. The family also said that in their statement as well. The NFL came out and issued another statement today saying that after speaking with both teams and the NFLPA leadership, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell informed the clubs today that the Bills-Bengals game will not be resumed this week. The NFL has made no decision regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date there is obviously a football component of this story joe it is secondary to the human i mean secondary it might be hundredth dairy to the human component of this story we will talk about the football component later in the show but let's start of course with what we all care about which is the human element of this story and i will say Sometimes it can feel like with this sport, we all love so much, but we are talking about a multi-billion dollar business. And sometimes it can feel like nothing would stop that machine. And last night... That machine stopped, and it stopped because we are all humans at the end of the day. And because life is bigger than football, there are things bigger than football. We saw that play out in real time, and I thought the way the crowd handled it, the way everybody handled it, the way our colleagues here at ESPN handled it, I can't say enough about, frankly, a a terrible moment and a terrible thing that none of us were prepared for and none of us ever want to witness.
1: You know, last night was a very, very sobering reminder that we have it much better at times than we realize we do. You go through the last few days. We're watching these college football semifinals delivering incredible action. You make your way into an NFL Sunday that set you up for a dramatic playoff race in both the AFC and the NFC. You come in the Monday night and you have the biggest Monday night showdown of the year with ramifications out the you-know-what to determine what's going to happen in the AFC. And you're halfway through the first quarter – And you see Hamlin go down. And on the replay, you start to think, all right, maybe he hit the back of his head. Maybe it's a concussion. We've dealt with this before. And it turns out to be something far greater. You know, we're launching this show today. And there were texts throughout the day from a lot of friends and family members. Good luck tonight. Tough night to launch a show. I think that was a general sentiment from a lot of people. And I thought to myself, you know what? I I don't necessarily see it that way. I don't. I think it's an opportunity to have a public conversation about empathy, about compassion, it's a civil discourse about more than a sports story, about someone's life. And I think the way people have rallied around this in so many different ways is inspiring to me. Millions, if you look at Tamar Hamlin's charity, yeah, I'm refreshing I'm it right now. He had a goal, the Chasing M's Foundation toy drive. He had a goal of $2,500. I just refreshed it, it is now at 5.1 million dollars. If you are in broadcasting like we are, the demonstration that Scott Van Pelt, Ryan Clark, Adam Schefter, Booger McFarlane, Susie Kolber put on last night in the toughest of situations, it's inspiring. It's inspiring to know that in the darkest of times, there are people who will rally, people who will step up. And as we sit and we wait for the latest update on DeMar Hamlin, you can feel like you can take some solace in the fact that there is some good out there as we pray for this young man to come through.
0: The millions and millions of dollars that have been donated to his toy drive. I mean, that's so remarkable. We've seen that from Bill's fans before where they rally around these charities in the wake of tragedy, and they certainly support their team. It's an incredible fan base. You're seeing it play out, and I'm sure it's not just Bills fans that have been making those donations as well. You also saw Bills and Bengals fans outside UC Medical Center coming together, all standing side by side. I thought that the way that that crowd handled things in Cincinnati when it was a Buffalo player down on the field, but everybody just stayed in their seats. Everybody, you know, of course unbelievably concerned, very classy in that situation. It was an incredible showing of support all the way through and I imagine the logistics were very complicated and difficult there was a lot of of waiting none of us knowing what was happening and we still don't know when it comes to his condition and and certainly we will be bringing you those updates if we have any updates from that perspective the second that we get them but No one is prepared to be in that situation. You mentioned our colleagues there, right? I mean, there's only so much preparation. The medical staff was the only people, I think, that were prepared for something like that. We saw that play out last night as well, where the medical staff, they train for that. They know know exactly how to get that ambulance on the field, how quickly it's going to take for them to get to a trauma one unit in that UC medical center. They have it all ready to go, all the protocols, but we haven't witnessed them the way that we witnessed them last night. And credit to the medical community, credit to everybody involved last night, because it was such an unbelievably difficult moment. And Damar Hamlin is 24 years old, Joe. And I think sometimes when we're watching this sport play out, you and I are both in our forties when we're watching this sport. I mean, these are men of men, right? And so it's sometimes easy to forget how young these guys are on that field. He's only 24 years old. You certainly don't expect to see a 24-year-old going into cardiac arrest in front of you, but that is exactly what happened last night with Demar Hamlin. So we will continue to discuss this throughout the show. Again, we will also be getting into the football angle at some point. We had a lot of incredible sound. We've gone wall-to-wall here at ESPN covering this story, of course, and because of that, we have a lot of incredible sound. I want to bring you some of that coming up mike tomlin he got to know Demar hamlin really well personally well while the bill's safety was growing up in pittsburgh we're going to hear from the steelers head coach and several others this is joe and amber on espn radio and you can listen to us on the espn app
2: this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple
0: to your happy place for a happy price Go to your happy price, Priceline Joe Fortenbaugh and Amber Wilson You can always hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call in line. 888-ESPN 888-729-3776 The entire NFL community has been reacting to what happened last night on the field in Cincinnati to Bills player DeMar Hamlin. And every single team, all 32 on Twitter, Joe, have changed their avatar to pray for DeMar with DeMar's number. Uh, And uh, an obvious grab of a Bills jersey. And they all have that now. Uh, And first, you know, it's been the outpouring of support across the NFL community. I mean, every player practically who plays in the NFL had publicly shown their support. We've seen just about every single team come out and address it all across sports, by the way, not just in the NFL community. We also got reaction from a lot of people who. Coach or play in the community who, you know, have had interactions themselves with DeMar Mike Tomlin, the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. He's known DeMar Hamlin since Hamlin was 12 years, up, 12 years old. Here is Mike Tomlin at his press conference today.
4: Man, it's a really personal thing for me uh, being a Pittsburgher and, and that young man being a Pittsburgher. I've known that guy probably since he was about 12. Um, just got a lot of respect and love for him as a human being, um, his commitment to the pursuit of his uh, goals and dreams of doing what it is he's doing right now, which is playing in the NFL, and to watch him make personal decisions and, and, and make that a realization. Um, it's just an honor to get to know young people like that. I um, had an opportunity to express that to him whenever I see him. We've played Buffalo um, each of the last two seasons, and he and I get to have a moment uh, because it's just cool to to, to – not only appreciate these guys in terms of where they are now, but to, to know them since they were younger people and to, to watch their maturation, their development, to watch them, um, you know, earn what they've been chasing. Um, it's just really a, a cool thing. And he's an example of that. I got a lot of love for that young man. We lifted he, him and that organization up in prayer. That's not obviously something that you ever want to see.
0: DeMar Hamlin went to Pitt. The Pitt Panthers had also tweeted out a picture, of course, of DeMar expressing their concern for their former player as well. The outpouring of support, Joe, over the last 24 hours uh, has just been a beautiful thing to witness.
1: Well, I mean, it started on the field right after Hamlin went down. The reactions you saw from the Buffalo players, specifically Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, followed by the Cincinnati players led by Joe Burrow, that is where I think for me it really started to set in that this was something we were dealing with that was far different than anything else. It wasn't an ACL. It wasn't an Achilles pop. It wasn't even a concussion. It was a situation that they were seeing something that we were not on the cameras and they were reacting because number 1 it's a teammate, it's a brother, it's a family member. These guys are in a brotherhood and they all assume a risk that we would have no idea how to comprehend. We 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 do the only thing we see is the glory and the money and the fantasy stats. We can get so caught up in the non-human elements of what these guys do that we forget that they are, in fact, humans. And last night, starting with that reaction, you started to 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 fully grasp the idea of what was happening. And then the show of support across the league has just been wonderful. It's been an absolutely wonderful demonstration on the highest possible level from the most possible people rallying around someone who, at the end of the day, the jersey colors may be different, but the blood that runs inside is all the same.
0: I really was comforted by the fact that that we saw it that we all that we saw it all stop in real time, right? That everyone in that moment did take it so seriously. And I don't just mean on the field, but I mean the NFL also postponing that game within a think about roughly 30 minutes, 20 minutes, and then, and then eventually, you know, indefinitely postpone or at least for the time being, we don't know if that game's going to be made up here. I, I guess I should say suspending that game initially, then postponing it officially, but it just showed when we're talking about because we went into that game thinking, this is going to be the game of the season, right, and we know we know what the stakes were for that game last night. We went, we know what it means to the playoff picture in the AFC. There is that component of it, and I think it would be easy to think because we've seen so many injuries in the NFL, and they take a few minutes, they get back out there, you know the train never stops they keep it moving. We've seen that time and again, even for some very serious injuries, but we've never seen anything like this. And it was so different. It was so jarring. And grown men that are huge men that feel like superhumans because of what they do for a living. These professional athletes, them crying always gets me. I mean, nothing makes nothing makes me cry like that. Whether frankly whether happy or sad when those guys break down, it's like, wow, if they're breaking down and you saw that. You saw that from Stefan Diggs just tears streaming down his face. You saw these men who are superhuman in what they do be incredibly human and incredibly vulnerable. And in front of us and then the Bills they, they got on a bus around twelve thirty 30 last or last night uh, and apparently they did have a plane going back immediately to Buffalo but they allowed players if they wanted to to stay in town and Several did stuff on showed up to UC medical center. You saw that uh, head coach, Sean McDermott also stayed behind. He also showed up to UC medical center. So some of them certainly chose to still be there and remain there in Cincinnati, uh, just the support from everybody and just how everybody handled that moment. I, I can't imagine what it's like, of course, to be on that team and for that to be your brother and, and how you, I mean, where you go from here, it's it's all, it's frankly unimaginable right now.
1: You know, when it comes to coaches, it's so easy to get caught up in whether or not they call the timeout at the right moment of the game to preserve the most amount of clock and to increase their winning percentages, whether or not they started the right player in the right spot, right? We just went over that all weekend long with what happened in Washington that you forget at their very core, these are leaders of men. They're the leaders. And to watch Sean McVay and Zach Taylor get together in a situation that everyone who was encountering it had no idea what to do, they stepped up and they made the right decision. They came together with the officials. They had obviously looked at their team. They had spoken to their team. They had talked to their captains and they realized there was no way you could take these guys out and convince them that after what they just saw, they should go back on the field and keep playing. You're, you're doing a disservice to literally everyone involved. I haven't heard a peep from a single person in Cincinnati that's upset that game got canceled last Mm -hmm. night. That's how well the people of Cincinnati handled that situation. No one yelling, no one screaming, no one saying get back on the field. You don't hear about fights in the stands. You hear about people holding hands. You hear about people praying, people working together, not arguing, not fighting, not setting the example of the absolute lowest of the low. People coming together and understanding the gravity of the situation. And Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor did a phenomenal job last night as leaders of their respective clubs.
0: They stayed in those stands until the game was officially suspended. I mean, that game, that stadium was packed, and and it was packed for a long time, even after the ambulance left the field. uh, Credit to that crowd in Cincinnati. They really did handle things well. Aaron Rodgers also, the Packers quarterback, giving credit on the Pat McAfee show to the way – that Bengals coach Zach Taylor handled the situation.
5: When I turned on, they had just, like, come back from break and said, all right, they're going to give him five minutes and throw him back out there. And I was thinking, what? Yeah. So I I do want to say this as well. Like, I think one person who deserves a lot of credit in the situation is Coach Taylor. I saw him walk across the field, and just the empathy that I saw in his face and the way he handled that thing – and then, obviously, because Coach McDermott, I mean, like, oh. this is your guy, right? Like, and he was going through it. But just the way that he, it wasn't even a question. No, we're not going to play this game. What are you talking about? Do you need more time? Do you need any time? Do you want to even play? I mean, that felt like that was a conversation right there. So, big kudos to, to Zach for not saying, oh, hey, let's, no, we're going to play this. Yep, you got five minutes. Okay, I know it's, you know, you're, you're, you know, the there could have been so many insensitive, you know, obviously, in the moment and also hindsight, for sure, moments that, uh, that could have been had right there, but I thought he handled that thing the exact right way.
0: I thought both those coaches handled it in a remarkable way because there's no, there's no playbook for this, Joe, right? I mean, nobody, nobody is prepared for this situation in that position, and both of these coaches deserve a lot of credit for the leadership they showed.
1: Without question. I mean, you're in a situation where what are you going to prioritize is what it comes down to. Are you going to prioritize the product or are you going to prioritize the people? Not just Hamlin, but the people around him. If, if for some reason DeMar Hamlin is taken off the field after the players have, have, have watched this and, and 10, 15 minutes goes by and the players have gone through all this and you get word that he's doing a little bit better, it's still, it's still the wrong move to send them out there. Because mentally and emotionally what they've just gone through, they're not prepared to do what's being asked of them on a football field on any given night.
0: Yeah, you heard Booger McFarland say it last night several times on the broadcast. You know, there's certain things that football players are prepared for. There's risk in the game, but still this. No one is prepared for this. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next... We are going to get you the latest that we can on DeMar Hamlin. We're going to get you the latest as well on Buffalo. We are going to have a conversation about how the Bills move forward this week, what this means in terms of the NFL picture. Obviously, there is a football component to this story that we will be getting into on today's show, but nobody cares about football like we care about the human. So let's, when we come back, give you an update that we can on DeMar Hamlin and everything else as it involves the situation. we are, of course, getting all the information that we can on the situation with DeMar Hamlin. Let's bring in some help with that. ESPN senior NFL reporter Jeremy Fowler joins us now. And, Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Let's start here. What is the latest? Is there any update on DeMar Hamlin? When can we expect to get another update on his condition?
3: So I do have an update uh, on his condition because his a family member of DeMar Hamlin's, his uncle, I believe, uh, spoke to a few reporters in Cincinnati, and then it sounded like his oxygen levels had improved. So his breathing is improving, um, and uh, so I saw a report that he went from 100% uh, oxygen aid to around 50%. So I ran that by one of his uh, agents, who confirmed that that is the case. Um, so that's good news. There's something. Um, so he does seem to be improving in that area. Um, the next few days are, are going to be critical in, in, in that development. But, uh, you know, so far outside of these incremental uh, news updates, I think the, the bills see no major news as good. news.
1: You know, that's fantastic, first and foremost, to hear that there's been progress from last night until today. As these updates continue, where should we be looking? Who's in charge of, of, of updating? Is it coming from the bills? Is it primarily coming from the family?
3: You know, probably a little bit of both. I mean, you saw that today. The family released a statement um, that was more just giving appreciation to all the support they've received and asking for more prayer. And and the Bills have given two different statements now, uh, one of which uh, was pretty substantial earlier this morning, you know, about the cardiac arrest that he was in uh, and just sort of the uphill battle here. So, you know, I I think that since we have reporters – Sort of staked out at the hospital, and and some of his family members are there. If they choose to talk, then they can give updates. And you know, um, De- Demar has a marketing rep who's been involved and, and and spoken publicly. You know, he has agents, so there's different sources of uh, of information. And it just depends on when those updates come. But you know, hopefully they're more positive than negative for sure.
0: Senior NFL reporter Jeremy Fowler joining us here on Joe and Amber. So, Jeremy, uh, none of us care about the football aspect of this story, of course, like we care about the human aspect of the story, but there is a football component here. Is there any updates on this Bills Bengals game getting rescheduled?
3: So, Amber, I, I checked with the league today. Uh, they really haven't gone through any scenarios as to how to make it up yet. And, uh, you know, I talked to somebody who said that all options are on the table. Like, this is unprecedented. You know, this this sort of event has never happened. And so, you know, they're trying to figure this out on their own. But I talked to the people with the bills who are sort of skeptical that it can be remade because there's no clear path to do it. You're running right into week 18 of the wild card games. I guess you could either move back wild card games a few days or you could push everything back a week and take away the bye week of the Super Bowl. Um, but that would be quite the slog to the playoffs. That sort of punishes everybody. So I don't know. I just I, I, I think if the league will see how this week goes this weekend, and if everything's sort of clear uh, as far as where teams are seated in the AFC, that could be a decision for Roger Goodell uh, if everybody's going to be somewhat happy with the outcome.
1: You know, Jeremy, you mentioned talking with the Bills. How how are they handling this? Based on everything they saw last night, what they've gone through, that's one of their brothers. And as trivial as it seems, we're just a handful of days away from them being asked to take the field to play the New England Patriots. How's everything going on within the organization right now?
3: Well, the players and coaches did have a team meeting today. Today's considered an off day, but they typically meet every Tuesday. And uh, I, I was told that really the, the, the sole focus of the meeting was DeMar Hamlin and his status. And the updates were a little scarce at the time, um, but they just hope that no news is good news and uh, they're going to have to come around to preparing to play. But I, I don't think they're there yet. But they don't have to be uh, tomorrow. You know, if they can go out there and, and, and practice and feel like they can provide some intensity, then they can trend toward playing. But um you know they also are professionals and know they have a job to do so their their heart can be hurting but they can still put themselves in a position to play at the same time
0: Jeremy Fowler joining us. Jeremy, we saw that some of the players, and I believe even Sean McDermott, stayed in Cincinnati, even though the team plane had left uh, in the early hours of the morning. So what is the status then? Are those players back in Buffalo? Because you're talking about this team meeting that occurred today. Did head coach Sean McDermott make it back to Buffalo then again after uh, visiting DeMar Hamlin at the UC Medical Center?
3: So I'm not sure exactly – all the members of the team that were there, I just know that Sean McDermott typically would be there, and I, I assume he made it back, but uh, not exactly sure how long people stayed. We know Stephon Diggs was at the hospital. Uh, some players went to see him, and uh, some players didn't want to leave for that reason. You know, they wanted to stay with him. So, uh, But, you know, the, the fact that today was a tip-off day probably helped the team sort of uh, decompress and try to process all this and figure it out.
0: Jeremy, obviously, we've never seen anything like what happened last night. Uh, We're not familiar with the protocols that are in place. I mean, it seemed like things went according to plan when it comes to the medical staff. I know they're all prepared for that sort of thing. Was there anything unusual about what happened last night? Did all the protocols go as planned last night with the NFL and (laughs) how these situations are handled?
2: So I don't
3: think so. You know, the, the first responders were on the scene very quickly. Um I, you know, it took some time to figure out whether the game should be postponed. And so, you, you know, you can argue should it have been 10 minutes versus 35 minutes or whatever it was. But uh, at the end of the day, they made the right decision.
0: Yes, yeah, so they certainly made the right decision at the end of the day uh, to suspend that game and then postpone that game. Senior NFL reporter yes. Jeremy Fowler. Jeremy, thanks so much for giving us some clarity.
3: Oh, thanks again. Take care.
0: There was a lot of that, Joe. There was a lot of the criticism because listen we live in this social media age we live in a critical age right everyone has a microphone on twitter there's going to always be some criticism and some naysayers but a lot of people were saying that what is taking so long for the nfl to make this decision about this game i think actually it was something like 23 minutes before they had officially suspended that game but we didn't know if they were going to resume that game they had put up on the video boards that the game was suspended at least for the time being then finally it was post but that decision took a while to get to that decision I think it was 10 p.m. Eastern I think when we finally got to that decision and so people were critical of the NFL I would imagine that the the logistics of all of that when you're talking about making these decisions, when you're talking about the head coaches, you saw in the tunnel with the cameras, Donna Ponte, who works for the league office. She was standing next to, I believe it was Sean McDermott. And she had clearly, it seemed like maybe handed him her cell phone because he was probably talking to the league office. I heard Adam Schefter kind of theorizing about what was happening in those moments on the live broadcast. And it feels like there was probably a lot of moving pieces to go to. And it was a remarkable situation that certainly we haven't witnessed before. In the NFL, there's always going to be those people that are critical, though, of that process and how long it took.
1: Yeah, the reality of that situation is that conversation literally meant nothing. Everyone's free to shotgun their opinion all over social media or wherever they want. Your thoughts on whether or not the game should continue or should not continue pale in comparison to what was literally taking place on that field in that exact moment. Like if you time up what you were watching with what was being said on social media – it's, it's it's horrifying, which is why you should stay off it as much as possible. But to the point Jeremy and yourself made on the first responders and people on the scenes, I used to work with a an former NFL team physician, and he used to say this all the time. He used to make the point that if you were going to have a major medical episode, a hospital is where you'd want to have it first, and NFL field is where you'd want to have it second because of the personnel they have there, mm-hmm. the equipment they have there, The protocols, we only spend the week talking about how these teams are getting ready to play each other, how a coach is going to attack a defense, things of that nature. Training staffs are talking with each other about all this stuff behind the scenes. We just never hear about it. We never see it. But when it comes into play like it did last night, you saw it. If Mm -hmm. you're not prepared for that sort of thing, a young man can lose his life. And instead, as Fowler's reporting, he's getting more oxygen today. He has taken a small step forward. Whatever that means for the future, I don't know. I'm not in medicine. But to hear that and to know the hard work and the preparation that went in from all those people who contributed to that last night, that's the best you can hope for in a situation like that. They did a great job.
0: Yeah, it seems like they did a great job, and you're right. I mean, from what I understand, and even the NFL, when they issued the statement today, they referenced the independent medical staff, and we saw that, of course, those protocols play out in real time with the ambulance being out there and them trying to stabilize him on the field before putting him in the ambulance. At one point, they were about to put him in the ambulance, and then they had to lower him back to the field Uh, And they were, of course, issuing CPR on the field uh, where they were trying to get his heart to beat again because he did suffer. We found out from the Bills at about 2 a.m. Eastern that he officially did suffer cardiac arrest there on the field. And so he's put into the ambulance. He's taken to a trauma one hospital in UC Medical Center where they have the best care that they can get him in Cincinnati. And we just heard there from Jeremy Fowler that he apparently is improving according to his family so that's very good news if we get any further updates we will obviously bring them to you espn radio is presented by progressive insurance drivers who switch and save with progressive save nearly 700 dollars on average so that is the human component of this story that is the component that we all care about but there is a football component to this story as well we are going to get into that into the afc playoff seating that is next this is joe and amber on espn radio Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh with you. We have, of course, been talking about the DeMar Hamlin story. Hamlin, just 24 years old, collapsed on the field last night in Cincinnati after making a tackle on T. Higgins. The Bills let us know around 2 a.m. Eastern that he went into cardiac arrest on the field. He was taken to UC Medical Center. We just got word from Jeremy Fowler here on Joe and Amber that apparently his condition does appear to be improving at least in terms of the amount of oxygen that he's needing right now. He is able to breathe a little bit better on his own than he was able to before. So we will continue to bring you updates on Hamlin's condition the second that we're able to and the second that we get him. That is certainly the component of the story we care about. We care about the human element. Football is absolutely secondary to that. However, there is a football component to this Story. So I feel like at this point, Joe, that we should dive into what this means from a football perspective because the stakes of that game going into that game last night, we all thought it was going to be the game of the season because the stakes were so high and these teams were playing for the one seed in the AFC. Now, if that game isn't made up and we don't know what's going to happen in terms of the NFL, we know it's not going to be played this week, but we don't know if it's eventually going to be made up. So Walk me through the scenarios here. If it's not made up, if it is made up, what this means this week for the Bills versus the Patriots, how this all affects the Kansas City Chiefs. Kind of take me through what this means for the seeding.
1: Kansas City is currently sitting at 13-3. and three. The most important note there is that they have a winning percentage of 81%. That's the best winning percentage in the AFC. If this game were to be vacated, canceled permanently, not made up, and everyone plays 17 games except the Bills and the Bengals. You have to assume that winning percentage is going to end up being the tiebreaker, which would mean that Kansas City, despite losing the head to head to Buffalo, wins next week. They would be 14 and 3. Buffalo, let's assume they play New England and win, they would be 13 and 3. Kansas City would have the better winning percentage. Kansas City would grab the one seed and the bye. Now, as you work your way down, you start to ask yourself some of these questions as to whether or not the Bills win against the Patriots this weekend. Because New England's sitting at seven at the current moment. They own the final playoff spot. If they beat Buffalo, they secure the playoff spot. The Dolphins and Steelers are out. If the Patriots lose that game, the Dolphins get in with a win over the Jets. If the Dolphins lose to the Jets and the Patriots lose to the Bills, the Steelers then make it into the postseason assuming they are able to win this weekend. So that's kind of the scenario we're looking at right now. It probably looks like it would default to winning percentage of which Kansas City, assuming they handled their business this weekend, would get in.
0: It's such a difficult situation because we're talking about a game that, again, had the, obviously, in terms of the AFC picture, the stakes were incredibly high. So any decision the NFL makes here dramatically affects the playoff seating. There's no way around it. And I don't know, I mean... If they pretend it ended in a tie, if they take the final score that we ended with, I mean, I don't see any easy solution here. If they cancel it, pretended like the game never started to begin with, if they even rescheduling it. I mean, you heard Jeremy Fowler talk about it where he doesn't have any word from the NFL yet, and maybe there's things they can do in terms of taking the bye week away before the Super Bowl. I've heard some people say pushing the Super Bowl back when it comes to the week before the Pro Bowl. I mean, there's things like that that I'm imagining are being discussed right now in the league office. But regardless of what decision they end up making, the playoff seating is certainly going to be dramatically affected. And then you have to think about the games that both of these teams have coming up, where you're mentioning also the Bills are supposed to play the Patriots on Sunday. And we don't know, you heard, you heard when we were discussing from Jeremy Fowler, how the Bills are going to proceed this week. They had a team meeting today, but the subject, of course, understandably, was on DeMar Hamlin in that team meeting. Are they going back to practice this week? Are they going back to business as usual? I have no idea. And, and I'm not sure anybody has that answer. Again, there's no playbook, how to handle this situation. But that Patriots-Bills matchup also has a lot of implications in terms of the playoff seating. The Bengals play the Ravens on Sunday, by the way, as well.
1: There's absolutely no way that you're going to be able to come up with a scenario that appeases everybody. That's first and foremost. So I guess what it really comes down to is how do you create something that the majority of the people are comfortable with moving forward because you just aren't going to be able to solve this perhaps everyone plays this weekend and then you have a solo game the following week between the bills and the Bengals, and then you push the playoffs back a week and the super bowl remains at the same time on the same day and you just eliminate that bye week before perhaps you could do that but logistically and i know no one wants to talk about this because obviously it feels so trivial in comparison to what we're dealing with on the field with Demar Hamlin. But logistically, that has got to be extraordinarily difficult to try to figure out, moving everything back a week. Now, a couple years ago with COVID, we had a situation where a lot of games had to be rescheduled, postponed, moved around. I know the Titans were involved in several of those. But for right now, the league is going to be in a situation where you would assume, not assume, I would say that you'd be probably unfortunately in a situation where you're going to have to cancel this game, you're not going to be able to make it up. And then you just go based on winning percentage, because I think it's going to come down to how these guys feel in Buffalo. It's going to be very difficult to convince that organization that they need to turn around in a few days and go play football. Mm -hmm. What they went through last night was very, very different than what the rest of us went through. Same thing with Cincinnati. They saw this as well. It might not be one of their teammates, but it is a colleague and it is a situation where those guys are going to be rattled. These are two teams and two organizations that are going to have to deal with the emotional fallout of last night so that they can find a way forward. It's, it's not as easy as it seems when you're sitting on the couch watching it on TV and then you turn the TV off and you go to bed for the night, those guys don't have the luxury of doing that.
0: I'm sure it's unbelievably difficult. I can't even imagine. I mean, having, you know, gone through my own tragedies in my own life, I'm sure you have as well. For me, work kind of became an escape from all of that. But the tragedy didn't happen at work, right? I mean, that's that's the difference here before between what these guys just went through where, hey, your job is showing up and essentially doing the same thing that you just witnessed this tragedy and i i don't know so the separation isn't there you know and i don't know how you do that but certainly the nfl is going to have to make those decisions the bills are going to have to make those decisions the Bengals are going to have to make those decisions and there's no easy way to make the decision and if it is hey push everything back like you said you take away the bye before the super bowl what does that mean for whatever teams you know end up in the super bowl how does that affect things i mean there are football components to the story. I doubt anybody's complaining about it. I doubt whatever teams make it to the Super Bowl are, are going to be, you know, complaining about the fact that, that they don't have the buy to prepare after all, because I think everybody, you saw the outpouring of support from the entire NFL community I mean, Everybody understands the situation they're in. But there is no easy way here to move forward. And yet at some point, somehow, some way, they have to move forward.
1: Without a shadow of a doubt. The hope is that somehow You've got an organization in Buffalo and Cincinnati where these guys at some point, if being asked to go back out on the field, feel comfortable going back out on the field. That's what it's going to come down to because no one, especially those guys, their families are going to want them to be in a situation where they're out there and they're timid, where they're out there and they're unsure. You can't play football like that. You just can't. And if that's going to be the situation for a lot of these guys, you've got to find a way to keep them out of harm's way because the last thing you want to do is let this incident paved the way for future incidents. You want safety above all else to be the number one priority moving forward for all organizations and all players in the NFL.
0: Absolutely, so if this game was not played, then the Chiefs right now would get the number one seed in the AFC, the Bills would have the two seed, the Bengals would have the three seed, but the Bills have a game against the Patriots Sunday, presumably, that also matters a lot in terms of where that could end up with that two and three seed with the Bengals. Coming up, how are the Bills preparing to move forward this week? We're going to hear from one of Demar Hamlin's teammates. That is next. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio.